Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. And to be specific, I cover the Washington Commanders that are now owned by a group led by managing partner Josh Harris, seeing as how Dan Snyder officially sold the team on Friday, the day after NFL owners voted unanimously up in Minnesota to approve the sale, obviously as momentous as a day not involving Super Bowls for this franchise uh, in forever, maybe forever. Uh, my colleague and I, David Aldridge, were out at FedEx Field for the Josh Harris introductory uh, news conference, which of course included some of his other uh Limited partners, Magic Johnson being the most notable, tons of alumni there from Joe Gibbs, Daryl Green, and on, uh, Terry McLaurin, John Allen were right there. Uh, we talked about just what it means, uh, what 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 do we make of uh, kind of where things stand right now with this organization. Uh, you know, I, I think it goes without saying that getting rid of Dan Snyder, you can't do much better than that, you know. I think I remember seeing Bill Barnwell um, gave the commanders either the best offseason or an A-plus or something, and it was solely based on Dan Snyder going away. And while I wouldn't say that that would qualify for 2023 per, in the sense that this goes beyond that, and also there's no real effect on this season. It's already you – know, whatever's going to happen on the field is going to happen based on what transpired over the last few months, not because – New ownership is around now. Nonetheless, I think we all understand how important this is that this finally happened. On so many fronts, I think there really will be a feeling of relief for every, for everybody. The organization, the players, the coaches, the front office. Needless to say, the fan base, having dealt with this nonsense for 24 years or, or at least – the majority of that 24 year period when Snyder owned the, the, the team. Uh, so DA and I will get into that. We'll have plenty of more to discuss here on this. Uh, it's been a, a hectic few days for me. That's why I'm a little late here with the podcast, but we'll, of course we'll talk more for sure here on the podcast, which of course you can subscribe to on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Also make sure you subscribe to the athletic you can get all my coverage. I was in Minnesota. Uh, you can get that as well as what da David and I each wrote after uh, Friday's event. Uh, in addition, of course, training camp is almost here. Rookies reported on Friday. Veterans will report on Tuesday. We're expecting a Ron Rivera press conference on that day. And then training camp will start uh, out. Uh, we'll start the following day. I believe the public 
uh, starts coming can start coming out on Thursday. Uh, so we'll have more to discuss here. You know, of course, what are we expecting? Sam Howe, the rookies, Chase Young, tons to get into. So we'll get into that more when uh, I, I come up with some sort of a podcast after Ron Rivera speaks on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll get here to my conversation with DA. I, I, I don't want to say the this was an anticlimactic end by any stretch, because obviously, you know, for I know for a lot of people, until it became official that that you know that the Venmo went through or PayPal or whatever they used, that it wasn't done until it was done. It it is done now. But we've talked about this a lot over the last three or four months, what it would mean for this to go through, because there was obviously an agreement in principle, then a, a, an agreement locked in, and then this process of the uh, owners needing to verify, um, or not verify, to, ver- to you know, to, to uh, analyze and approve the deal that eventually did get done. So, I, look, I, 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 it was funny being in Minnesota, which was a very boardroom-like setting, you know, rich, fancy people discussing the fate of the commanders, uh, providing analysis of a $6.05 billion transaction. Then you also had, of course, the Mary Jo White factor here. Mary Jo White, the uh, former, uh, well, the, the, the attorney hired by the NFL to investigate Dan Snyder, specifically the allegations of sexual harassment by former team employee Tiffany Johnston, as well as allegations of financial uh, wrongs uh, by the organization, including withholding money that is supposed to go to the other owners. Uh, all of that was deemed, it's not a court of law, so it's not a matter of guilt or, or, or innocence, but there was enough evidence considered to be uh, and, and enough belief in the in Tiffany Johnson and Jason Friedman who levied the um, the financial charges that there was more belief in what they were in what they were saying in part because it said in the report that the Dan Snyder and the organization were just not helpful. So based on the information ha- there, uh, Dan Snyder was of course fined sixty million dollars by uh, by the league. That'll be dealt with, taken out of his uh, money he got off of the sale. But the boardroom, but that's why it was, like I said, a boardroom vibe there. All these people were in a meeting room. Usually when the owners come out, based on the last couple of meetings we've been around, um, they're much more talkative. They're much more, hey, what's going on? And of course, the commanders were not the only topics of these other meetings. Here they essentially were. And they did not talk to us, essentially. They all just kind of walked by us. And I realized later that I think that was because of the Mary Jo White situation. And they released that report just a a few moments after announcing the sale of the team. I'll be honest. I, I was surprised that it was announced right then. I thought they'd give maybe Josh Harris the day, the weekend to himself, but they did it right then. It got it out of the way. Uh, I know in speaking with some of the former employees who have been on that uh, watch for uh, several years now, 
I think they were largely pleased with the situation. I mean, in part because Dan Snyder is selling, but the report, while not necessarily a complete look at everything that's gone on, it was it, it kept its scope on those two topics I just mentioned, and it showed ultimately that Dan Snyder, um, you know, was you know as flawed as suggested. And, you know, obviously there's some vindication with that. But while I'm in Minnesota, and like I said, in that, you know, sort of more stuffy setting, you know, we're, we're talking to Roger Goodell, we're talking to Josh Harris, to, to see the celebration down at the bullpen in D.C., our friends at 106.7, the fan and the Team 980 put on a hell of a party, it looked like. I talked to some people that were there and, uh, you know, obviously the cathartic nature of the whole thing to get to get this guy out of here when prior to that announcement in November, when bank of America, when we get the news that they're letting bank of America help them explore options uh, the day before, I don't know that any of us were thinking he is selling this team soon, let alone at all, but things kept chipping away at him. The various investigations, I think the money, the money circumstance, meaning his debt was probably ultimately what pushed him over the edge. Um, it would have been interesting if he had not been willing to sell what this Mary Jo White investigation would have done to the team. There was no uh, penalty for the organization. Could there have been draft pick losses or what? Or, or a, a real suspension? Who knows? But uh, that that's an interesting sidebar or side development that we will never ever get to know uh look it's going to we're not done with dan snyder completely it's going to be in the air for a while he you know his actions impacted what has gone on here with ron rivera for the last few years i don't mean that he's been uh sticking his nose into the front office or things like that but just you know whatever it may be you know in terms of uh Going back a few years with with looking for a quarterback and and having Dwayne Haskins, um, just the fact that look for you know when when you're looking at guys like a Russell Wilson or a Matthew Stafford, they don't want to come here because of Dan Snyder, Aaron Rodgers, right? So like you're limited in those options as well. Free agents will always say they'll take take the money, almost regardless of of who's offering it. But if there's you know multiple options that are comparable, why would you come here? Well, hopefully that changes now with this new group in play with Josh Harris. Uh, I, if you missed it the other day, I wrote about Josh Harris, who obviously famously uh, greenlit the process with the 76ers. What would that look like if it brought to the NFL? And I would just say, take a look at the story before prejudging, because it's really about the mindset of what's behind the process rather than the notion of going you know, 0-17 to get the number one pick. But I really enjoyed that story, and I really appreciate the, the fun reaction that I got from people on that. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to, as I said, we'll talk more about it this week. I, you know, more fun to talk about it with some other folks. So we'll do that for sure. And, of course, training camp, like as I said, begins on Wednesday. Ron Rivera opens camp with, our, with a conversation with the media on Tuesday. So we will get going on all of that. And get us into a normal situation where we talk football and not congressional investigations and so on.
Um, all right, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with my guy David Aldridge from FedEx Field not long after Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails, and others introduced themselves locally to the fan base. Uh, an exciting time. Let's get to it here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, joining me here is my colleague from The Athletic, David Aldridge, who has covered this team in some capacity for many years and then of course like me grew up here so before we get to the business of football mm. i haven't really talked to you about this on the record about what this actually means the dan snyder era is over and josh harris began today what is what do you make of all that i mean it's you know when you and i always say it, you shouldn't talk to fans who come to things like this or at least you shouldn't take too much from them because these are the truest of the true believers. We don't know the thousands of people that couldn't make it or didn't want to make it for whatever reason. But there was certainly a sense of, I got my team back, you know, from people. Like, I can root for this team again. I don't have to have a foot in and a foot out. Um, and I think that speaks volumes. And whether it shows up in attendance on Sundays or not this year, I think there is at least a sense that the people who, as a community rooted for this team as kids or as adults can all root for it again without feeling oogie about it you know so um unless we find out something disastrous about josh harris in the next few months which you know again i've talked i know enough people that have worked with him in the nba to know that look he's a taskmaster to be sure he's hard driving he wants to win he wants to make money um but Nobody said he's personally abusive or a jerk or anything like that. And I think that's a that gives him a lot of runway, I think, locally. Yeah. And, and you know, I agree with you about the idea of like, don't uh, can't listen to the fans. Like you said, the, especially like the loyalists who came out today or yeah. you would imagine. But this is this does feel different because the lows that they're at right now. You know, it's funny that I didn't realize this or I didn't think about this until the other day. Harris and Snyder are both the same age. They're both 58 years old, but wow. when Snyder bought the team, he was 34. Right. And Harris, he, he we, we had no real, re, he had no real personal resume at that point, other than he was a guy who got rich because of Snyder Communications, and he supposedly grew up a fan of this team, as did Harris. But yeah. when Harris comes in here, he's already owned multiple teams. He currently, of course, owns an NBA and an NHL team. Right. And like you said, he's when you're on that stage, and there has been no sense of ick yeah that says something we, we, we're not talking about a blank slate and i think right. that combined with his understanding of what this can be mm-hmm. i think is why there's a lot of uh optimism beyond just simply the other guy's gone <laughs> yeah no you're right and and again if you i've people that have worked with him that i know have said he's different now to your point he's different now than he was 15 years ago you know, his kids have changed him. I think, I don't know anything about high finance. I know he co-founded Apollo, and now he's not at Apollo anymore. And I know there's a lot of reasons why that may be, but that not being in that company anymore, people have told me has it's, it's kind of changed him a little. It's humbled him a little bit, you know. And so I think there certainly is something to be said for a guy coming in at 58 who has who owns other sports franchises um, may have a more nuanced approach to 
not just business, but life that makes him a better steward of a franchise like this than the previous guy who just made a ton of money off of his company and plowed it into the football team and really didn't have a whole lot of perspective, I don't think, uh, about many other things. So you would certainly hope that all of those things will make Josh Harris a kind of more centered individual. Um, but we don't know that. I mean, we all thought Dan Snyder was going to be a, a good steward of this franchise. He had good people <laughs> around him, too, when he came in, and it didn't work out. So we can only find out together, and time will tell. Right. There, there's a difference between being decent and winning titles. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. hoping for the latter, but you got to start with the former, in this case, because of the, how, how low this franchise has sunk, as evidenced by just yesterday when it was announced that Josh Harris was approved to buy the team that the Mary Jo White report came out <laughs> finding Dan Snyder culpable of uh, multiple actions that ultimately led to him being fined $60 million. By the way, I was thinking about starting implementing a policy here on the podcast where instead of calling him by his name, it, we're going to go full Harry Potter and say he who shall not be named. I'm, uh, the defendant. <laughs> or the def- <laughs> Also, that's a more succinct. Um, oh, that 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 um that also works. And then of course, t- so today you know we, we get the full blown introduction here, uh, including not just Harris but part of his group. Yeah. What I usually say to people like when they get excited about Jay Z being part of the Nets, right. like okay, look, it doesn't really mean anything. Right. It's just cool. Yeah. Well, this may be a little bit more than cool with Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson, I don't think, is here just for the publicity. He yeah. says much. He, you know, he he he's obviously been successful. Forget just the the player part as a businessman, and he's been attached to a bunch of franchises and sports that have been winners. And and you can't have a better pitch man than him. The 180 from a persona standpoint from Dan Snyder to Magic Johnson is about as extreme as it gets. Yeah. Um, and, and so I do think that's important, at least for what they're prioritizing now. And that is the football side, but also the public relations, getting sure. back into the community and making the fan experience better. I don't think you can get a better person to help with that no. than Magic Johnson. No. And Magic is just, you know, there's nobody as good as Magic at kind of charming people. Uh, I've seen him do it for 30 years. I mean, it does not matter who you are, where you are, it's very hard not to be charmed by Magic Johnson when he smiles at you and he starts talking with the passion. He talks about a great many things. So, um, yes, there can't, there's not going to be a better kind of face, if you want to think about it, a forward-thinking, forward-facing face of, a, of an ownership group than Magic. He's certainly going to be better at it than Josh Harris or 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 Blitzer or Mitchell Rails or Mark Ein and they're all of them are, are decent fellas and um, this isn't about them as people it's just more about the reality of you know they're just not public people um, they don't spend a lot of time in the public eye and Magic has spent his whole life in the public eye so he's good at it he understands it he knows how to tell a story with a punchline and make people laugh and make people feel good so he will certainly be a a a positive. Uh, kind of I hate to say you know spokesperson for the for the team because he does own a certain percentage of it he is a minority owner but certainly he is not going to be making decisions about this team Um, but yeah I mean magic is and I think in this community especially can be a very effective uh, advocate for the franchise and for what they want to do 
there's not a lot of specifics to get into, and Harris was pretty pretty good at pivoting both yesterday in Minneapolis <laughs> yeah. and today <laughs> yeah. when asked about things like the name change. He, he focused on instead those three priorities that I mentioned. Uh, some people were making a, a big deal about Magic Johnson on the Today Show, mm-hmm. saying, quote, everything is on the table. I kind of took it to me as relatively generic that yeah. just they're gonna over they're gonna think about everything. But what did you kind of make of of that? I don't get any sense that the name. I mean, I know that there are people who think the name is front and center with you know ninety percent of the fan base. I just don't believe that. I think people, you know, there are so, and because and I don't think it's it, it doesn't even matter if it is because there's seventeen different opinions about what they should do. Like you know, so um, it's not like there's consensus. Let's change the name to this, and everybody will be fine with that. That's not it at all, you know. So. Um, what about the bullets? <laughs> it's available. Um, I don't. I don't think that's. To me, that's not a, a big issue at all. I think Commanders is a name, like any other name. If they win 12 games, nobody will care what the team is called. <laughs> nobody will be upset about it. And conversely, if they w- win four games, nobody will care what the name is. The team is the what Ron Rivera fired. So, so I just don't think that that. You know, again, not that I'm. I, I have no interest in. Speaking for billionaires, but I don't think that's if you just spent six billion dollars to buy anything, I don't think the name of it is the front and center thing that you're worrying about. Um, and I don't think it's going to be for Josh Harris and his group either, right? And I think now the stadium is different, they obviously at some point have stadium. to get down to yeah. business yeah. on that. But yeah. he's but you know, he was asked about that now multiple times and has again pivoted away from any offering anything specific, not even to say. We recognize we need to do a we, we need to get a yeah. new building. Um, I think what I'm curious about on that front is they're obviously Snyder and his group, including Jason Wright, have done a lot of work on that over the last year or so. I guess I wonder if he cares about it. If Harris is going to look at that and say, "Yeah, that's the guy we didn't we, we just I just we everybody just got rid of. Yeah. Let me do my own due diligence," and yeah. he has time to to deal with that. Yeah, well, I think at, at, at the very least, I'm sure he knows this already. Whatever they did previously is is if not moot it's certainly reduced in importance because the local jurisdictions didn't want to do a deal with Dan Snyder like nobody wanted to do it they would hold their nose and do it but they wouldn't be helpful in any particular way and I think it's different now it'll be different for for this group there will be I think three local entities all of which have their own reasons for wanting the stadium what I don't know and this is what you know, you have to kind of get in front of people, and uh, hopefully we can in the next few weeks and months, is what do they want to build? Do they just want to build a football stadium and fill it with 65,000 people, or do they want Jerry World, like Dan Snyder wanted Danny World? And that's a whole different conversation. Now, look, again, for $6 billion, I'm guessing the latter and not the former, but I don't know that yet. So I'm, I'm waiting to get in front of them and see what is it exactly that you want to build, because that will... That will tell us where they can build it, because they can't build that on the RFK site. They can build it in Maryland and Virginia. They can't build that in D.C. Right, for for, for sure. Um, and so we'll see. Look, I mean, it is so weird. Like, today this happened. 
on the same day that the rookies are showing up yeah. for training camp. The right. veterans come in Tuesday. Right. There is no, I mean, we are here. It's, it pay, we're paying no attention <laughs> to this, to the team at the moment. Right. We will, I guess, starting next, next week. week. Yeah. But right now, this is, this is obviously the big story. And I actually think it will probably be the big story all year is how to, what, what do we get out of Josh Harris over the course of the year? Even if it is a lot of listening and learning, yeah. as he said the other day, um, I guess to sort of lastly, again, you, you know, we both grew up here and, the era for us was that Joe Gibbs era mm-hmm. with success. And, and Joe Gibbs was here today. So was Daryl Green and Dexter Manley and Gary Clark and others, along with Terry McLaurin and John Allen. Um, just to, to humanize it a bit. I mean, I know we all have to check emotion. We're literally standing in the press box. Yeah. But, I, you know, seeing Josh Harris look at those guys, and I know he's a, you know, billionaire and he's he's had a lot of success and all that but seeing those heroes of his youth there and now that he owns the team of his youth that's just got to be such an unbelievably bonkers uh feeling that so many of us would can't you know would would love to imagine but can't comprehend well of course i don't you know who knows i mean i don't know how you can you know put a price tag on what that feeling is um we just saw him and his family out here and his kids playing on the field and what does that mean? Like, this is mine now. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I have no way. I have no how, frame of reference. How big that. is your backyard? Well, it's 100 yards. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that and... exactly. So, you know, I, yeah, of course. Of course. And I think everybody who comes here, it, whether, you know, in any capacity, uh, we've we've been to all of these, a lot of these over the years, Ben. You know what it's like when you see those guys, those ghosts come back, whether it's Dexter, Daryl Green, or Roy Jefferson from the 70s teams. And, and by the way, George Allen never gets enough credit, I don't think, because he didn't win a Super Bowl. But that's, he is really the one that got this thing turned around in Washington. Like, it was it was a joke before he got here. But, um, yeah, I mean, those th- those guys are ghosts, and I mean that in the best way. Like, they represent what success and what championships are, and, and they – and they're always the standard, um, and it will be the standard again. So I'm sure Josh Harris was was touched by that and moved by that, and you know that. But that's who he has to. His team has to be as good at now, and that that's a big challenge. Uh, whether or not the defense is better or the quarterback is okay, it's it's a big challenge. Indeed. Uh, well, congrats to you for not asking him about Joel Embiid today when given the opportunity, or James Harden. I didn't have time for a follow-up. I would have. <laughs> um, what uh, you've got, you are the hardest-working man in our company. Anything you want to mention here before I let you go in terms of uh, things for people to read or listen? Oh, well, you know, we've been writing a lot about this, but me and Marcus Thompson wrote a piece on Steve Kerr uh, that came out uh, Friday. Uh, that was a pretty good piece about uh, a reunion he had in summer league with someone he had not seen in 40 years. And it's really about his life and his family's life, uh, spending a lot of time both living and working in the Middle East and how it's kind of uh, tempered his views about a lot of things in the world, but it has also given him a great sense of, of community and of, of empathy for people um it's not it's not about x's and o's i try to stay away from that stuff when i can so um good piece i think um but there's a lot of good pieces including your work which has been exemplary um throughout this whole thing it's been this is not what beat writers sign up for (laughs) so i want to commend you for the work you've done in this in this space because it's it's heavy lifting and it's not fun 
taking the oversight committee off my Twitter notifications was up. I, I popped champagne, champagne that day. Uh, DA, appreciate it as always. Thanks, Ben. All right, a great conversation with David as always. Um, let me just end it with this, just to go back to the football side of things. And since I mentioned the process and all that, they're not going to tank this season. I mean, if this team starts off 0-3, 1-4, all bets are off, perhaps. I, I don't know. We'll see what would happen in that scenario. But in general, I think the hope is, from the new group, that Sam Howe works out. I don't think anybody is, you know, disillusioned but or or blind to their quarterback question, I should say. Obviously, Sam Howe is a big unknown. I think the new group understands that. And they hope to work it out. Obviously, Ron Rivera certainly does. And, you know, I think that the big story for this team over the course of this season is largely going to be getting a sense for Josh Harris and his group and what they are all about. That said, the games are going to be played, and so much will be dictated by how to somehow look. What is Eric Bieniemy up to with running this offense? You know, there's, of course, tons of other uh, variables. Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, what do they do for that defense? Chase Young's return. The, you know, we have questions about the offensive line. How do the playmakers help Sam Howe and so on? But ultimately, you know, on the football side of things, Sam Howe is going to be the fascinating watch without question. I think everybody largely gave him a pass. I'm not saying he was bad, but just... Whatever happened in OTAs and minicamp, one career start, let him be, figure it out. But now we're here. And maybe it's still going to be that case, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an easy uh, uh, easy curve to grade him on for the first few days. But, you know, sooner than later, when when that calendar hits August and the Ravens uh, joint practices are about two weeks or so away and preseason games are around the corner... It will be time to see what he can what he can do. I, I still think there's a world where, as I've said before, where Jacoby Brissett starts week one, but only if Sam Howe really blows it. I don't see a world where Jacoby Brissett can actually overtake him unless Howe is just overmatched, which I'm not expecting that to be the case. Um, I really am intrigued to see what he can do. I know anytime somebody says anything that's even remotely in the vicinity of maybe sort of kind of not accepting that he'll be the next great quarterback, people get crazy over it. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot to like about Sam Howell. I think he's pretty intriguing. I'm much more interested in seeing what he can do than what I would then watching some of these recent quarterbacks that have come through here. No disrespect to any of them, but you know, how being an unknown and a young guy is what makes it so interesting. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he can do in terms of taking, you know, continue to take control of the huddle, play at the tempo that Eric Bieniemy wants. And then, of course, you know, make the right reads and get the ball uh, out to his playmakers and, and go from there. So, I, look, I, you know, we'll, we'll get to, as I said, more about what else what else to make of this team going forward here. But, I, I you know, Sam Howell is the number one football story. But Josh Harris and his group, what they ultimately look to do is the number one story overall. For sure. 
All right, that's it for now. I really appreciate everybody, of course, for checking out the podcast, uh, reading everything that's been going on on The Athletic, and just sort of staying with me here throughout these many, many, many months of dealing with this Dan Snyder um, madness. And, you know, I've been in your shoes as a fan of this organization and back in the day. And, you know, you guys all deserve some sort of a medal for sticking through it. And those of you who've been away for a while, I think it's okay to stick your head back out and and, and be willing to, to emotionally invest in this group. No idea if Josh Harris and, and, and friends will turn them into a winner. But I think the competency level, the decency level for sure is going to go way up. And I'm really intrigued to see what these guys ultimately decide to start doing uh, with this team and this organization. So that is it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Until next time. See ya.